wish everybody come to church. I wish every hand was clapping. Oh, I wish every voice was lifted. Hallelujah. Do you believe that anything can happen right now? thankful for what I feel in this place. What a great presence of the Lord. Don't ever take this for granted. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? I'm thanking the, thanking the Lord. Yes. Amen. I appreciate, I appreciate our student pastor preaching this morning very powerfully. And the Lord filled three with the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that we said a couple of months ago, six or eight months ago, that something has shifted, something has changed. And people are just praying through, receiving the Holy Ghost and getting baptized and there are people that are coming back to the church. And we had several this week that expressed to us privately, you know, we're just, we're just getting tired of playing church. Uh, one of them said, we're getting tired of fake church. And we're getting tired of people uh, promoting social issues and things and and uh, we're looking for something real. And we, we are thankful. Their words were, we are thankful for what we feel in this place. And I'm, I'm thankful to be a part of the church of the living God. Without question, the greatest privilege in the greatest hour, serving the greatest God with the greatest people on earth. Don't ever... Don't ever take that for granted. The hour is late. The timeline of history is unfolding. End time prophecy is coming to pass right in front of us. And we cannot be blind to that. We have to, we have, to have our eyes wide open. And we have to see everything for what it is. And pray that the Lord does not veil our eyes. The enemy is very sly the trick of the enemy in the garden was subtlety he never just came out and said okay eve i'm going to cause you and your husband to bring a curse upon the entire human race and uh, so here partake of this fruit and go ahead and just commit an act of sin no the bible said that the serpent was more subtle than any other creature and he has not changed the enemy is subtle he's subtle and so you have to look through the subtlety of everything that, that is happening in this hour and pray that God give us revelation and understanding of, of where we are. Praise God. I'm, I'm so thankful to be here. I appreciate um, you being faithful and having revival in my absence this morning. Um, I have been preaching some anniversary services with Brother Godwin. And um, that's the first time we've been able to minister together in a very long time. And great connection. It was a wonderful, wonderful week, Friday night, Saturday night, and then this morning. And so thank you for understanding. And we have um, we've been traveling, I don't know, a little over five, five hours to get, to get here. And um, amen. I want the Lord to do something for us and with us and through us. Hope we appreciate you being faithful in your pastor's absence. And amen. LC, we appreciate your 
being faithful in your pastor's presence. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that our faithfulness to the house of God is not predicated on who may or may not be there. And the weather, I guess, has been raining down here. Amen. You can be seated. I, um, I want to talk to you about a few things tonight, but um, I, I don't want it to fall on deaf ears, and I don't, I don't want to just go in one ear and out the other. Um, and without beating a dead horse on this, I just, I just cannot help but think how crucial the hour that we are living in is. It is so very, very crucial. If we've ever needed to be fully apostolic, now's the time. If we were just going to be just kind of hanging back and relaxing and having church, being good traditional apostolics or Pentecostals. We may have gotten away with that at some point in our history, but we cannot afford to be that way now. Amen. I believe it's the will of God for this church and every congregation to double. And as we said recently, I believe it's the will of God for every for every income to double. Yeah. And we know the God that can do it and he will do it. He sure will do it. He cares about his people. He cares about his people. Everybody say the word unprecedented. Unprecedented. It means without previous experience. Never before known or experienced, unexampled, unprecedented means without previous instance, never before known or experienced, unexampled. And what we know about God is that he is the great originator. He is the origin of all things. Everything comes by him, through him, from him. And all things consist of him. He is the great originator, the great creator. And if you look in creation in Genesis chapter 1, it's very, it's very easy to just kind of bump down through those days of creation and think, well, yeah, this stuff happened and it was 6,000 years ago and um, yeah, it was great then, and that would have been wonderful to be there when it all happened. Um, but we'll just read on through it because it really has no bearing on us. But when you really look at it for what it is, when he divided the light from the darkness, that seems like a small thing, but it had never happened before. He put a division between light and and darkness and ever since then it has been the intention of God to keep a distinct separation between light and darkness but there was there was no precedent for that God did it and then when he created the sun the moon and the stars um, he did it one time he had never done it before and he hasn't done it since and then the great whales and every living creature that Moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly, the cattle and the beast of the field. These days of creation were days of origin with God. These were, these were days that God created things and brought things into existence that had never happened before. Now, he, he didn't stop with his originality there. But if you just look at the story of Noah, now I know it seems like, well, yeah, we've talked about Noah and we've preached it up and down and sideways and diagonal every which way we can preach the story of Noah. But when you really think about the fact that this man was an anomaly in the history of mankind, there was no precedent for it. One man heard a voice 
And the Lord told him how long, how high, how wide, and what the boat was going to be for, what would go in the ark, and his house and his family would be saved because of it. But there was no precedent for it. There was nothing that Noah could look to and say, now we, I've heard about this being done before. And matter of fact, I saw some old architectural plans from way back. And so I'll familiarize myself with these plans here. And I'll check around and get some consulting from people that have been involved in this before. And we will see if we can make this happen. That's not the way it happened. The voice from God came with clarity and the Lord spoke to Noah and called him to do something that had never been done before. In Abraham's time, the Bible said that when Abraham took Isaac to Moriah in 11, uh, Hebrews 11 and 19, it said, by faith, he took Isaac to sacrifice, accounting that God was able to raise him up in a figure. Now, that, that's where Abraham's faith lie. He believed that if he killed him, if he slaughtered him and sacrificed him on the altar, that God was just going to raise him up. But the Lord said, that's not the way I'm going to do it. And so Abraham looked over, and there was a ram that was caught in the thicket. So Abraham's faith was placed this way, but God's plan came to pass in this direction. We don't read of another time of anybody being called or told to sacrifice another human being and a ram being caught in a thicket. This story does not repeat itself. And there was nothing for Abraham to look at and say, well, I, you know, so this happened in the last generation. This happened in Enoch's day or it, it happened in Noah's day. And I, and I know it's going to be okay. There was no kind of previous experience for him to point to. It was unprecedented. Everybody say unprecedented. And when you get to Moses' life and, and you, you see everything that God was going to use Moses to do, God could have just spoke from the heavens like he had already done before and he could have just given him these instructions and told him how many plagues there were going to be and how long it was going to take for them to come out. And he could have just uh, you know, come with this big booming voice from heaven, but he didn't do it that way. He decided to do this through a burning bush that was burning, but it was not consumed. It was unprecedented. And, in, and then we see the history of Moses where he comes to the Red Sea. There was no precedent for parting the waters of Red Sea. There was no precedent for waters coming out of a rock. And can we talk about the Ten Commandments? Never, never before and never after did the finger of God come down and write on tables of stone again. But this was an anomaly in the generation of Moses on the top of Sinai. Because the Lord specializes in originality. I don't know what it was that caused Joshua to look at the sun that day when he was on the battlefield and Moses up on the nearby hillside. I don't know what it was that prompted Joshua to say, son, stand still. We don't, we don't see him interceding. He's, he's not going on a 40-day fast. He's, he's not trying to look back in the annals of time to see if there was ever an instance where the sun stood still before. But he simply, out of this boldness of God, because he knew he was fighting a battle that God had told him to fight, he simply used the faith that he had and pointed to the sun. He said, you need to stand still right now because we're going to gain the victory and you're not going down upon this valley until God is done giving us the victory. It was an unprecedented moment in the history of mankind. Never before and never again do we see it happening. There was a widow with a pot of oil and the prophet told her, Go borrow some vessels and, and uh, take care of me. And God's going to take care of your debt. She said, I've only got this little bit of oil left. Now, anybody ever been down to their last pot of oil? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you're down to the last can of peas in the cupboard. You're last, down to the last bag of rice, the last box of, uh, box of rice here, down to the last gallon of gas. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You just got maybe a dollar something in your pocket where you put a little gas in the tank to get home. And we start praying, God, 
We need some more pots of oil. And God said, I understand where your faith is directed, but this is the way I'm going to do it. You go get some empty stuff, and I'm going to multiply what you already have, but I can't release it until you pour it out because I am about to do something unprecedented in your life. Oh, I'm going to preach here and hear it a little bit. She, she didn't quite understand. It doesn't, it doesn't feel comfortable when you get to the place and God is asking for the last thing that you have left on earth. And you've got a little boy and you're trying to take care of him. And the man of God has given you instructions. It doesn't feel natural to pour out this last little bit of oil that you have. But the Lord specializes in miracles just like that. I don't know what it was in Samson that caused him to get a hold of a jawbone of an ass. It wasn't a sword or a spear. It wasn't some proven military tactic. But sometimes the prompting of the Holy Ghost will cause you to reach down and get a hold of the only weapon that's within arm's reach. God doesn't really care about the weapon. He only cares about your faith. And God doesn't really care how many Philistines that you're facing. He, under, he only believes or trusts in your faith and what you're willing to reach down and get a hold of. So I'm telling somebody right now, you may be faced with a thousand man army and you may be the only one on the battlefield and all the weapons are hung up uh, in, in the chamber there but if you'll reach down and get the carcass of a dead something uh, the Lord will honor your faith and he will do something unprecedented uh, in your life I'm going to preach in this place here tonight uh, and tell you we don't need previous experience uh, for God to do something great in your life uh, he doesn't have to have done it for somebody else to do it for you. He is the great originator and the great creator. Oh, I wish I had somebody that believed me right now. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to march around a wall one time a day and not say anything and on the seven times, seven times around. It doesn't seem like anything's going to happen when the priests are blowing the ram's horn and you're lifting up your voice like a shout. But let me tell you something. When God gives you a directive, it doesn't matter if it's ever happened before. When you come in here on a Sunday night, I feel my help right now. When you come in this place on a Sunday night and you begin to lift up your voice like a shout, it feels like emotion to you. But the powers of hell begin to tremble and to shake at every wall that has been built around the inheritance that God has given you is going to fall flat. I've come to preach to somebody here tonight. Don't be dismayed and don't be intimidated by the walls of Jericho because there's a God that's going to be in the middle of your shout and the walls are going to come down. Oh, somebody ought to shout right now. Somebody ought to shout right now. I don't know what it is about 300 men that can face an army of 120,000 men. I don't know what it is when you feel like Gideon, the least of your family, the least of the tribes, and I'm just this little person over here, insignificant. And the Lord looks at you and said, the people that are with you are too many. Sometimes the Lord is cutting things back from us when we're asking him to add things to us. And it may be that the Lord is trying to cut some things away from you so that you don't have the resources. That when God does what he does, you can stand back and take the credit for it. He don't want you to take the credit for it. And so sometimes he's got to get you down to 300 and you're facing 120,000 because God is saying, Gideon, it doesn't matter who thinks what of you. It doesn't matter where you are in your family tree. It doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. I am about to do something unprecedented in your life. You have never seen it before. Nobody ever wrote about it. Oh, I feel my help right now.
When are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They asked Jesus. He said, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Lord, we thought you were going to restore the kingdom to Israel. We thought you were coming as a king and a mighty warrior. He said, no, I'm going to be more powerful than that. I'm going to do something the world has never seen. I'm going to hang my body on a cross for the sins of humanity, and I'm going to release the cure for cancer and the cure for every disease and every affliction and every infirmity every alcoholic is going to have the right to come and be saved tonight every drug addict can come to the foot of Calvary and be saved it's never been done before I know there's no road map to Calvary I know you won't understand it I know you don't know why I'm giving up my life but you're going to see when I give you Holy Ghost power Somebody ought to believe what I'm preaching right now. I don't know what it is that gets on a prophet after killing 850 prophets. I don't know what gets on a man that he can outrun the chariot of the king. I don't know why he outran the chariot of the king. It doesn't really matter why he outran the chariot of the king. It's just that sometimes God says, I know you slew the prophets, but I'm going to put something on you that'll be unprecedented. It's anointing that is going to put a pep in your it's going to put power in this hour it's going to help you to be strong and mighty oh hallelujah why did Peter walk on water I don't know but sometimes it's just God saying I'm about to do something unprecedented I just need somebody that doesn't care about the rhyme or reason I need somebody that's not trying to figure out the story. I need somebody that doesn't need a theological exposition to come to where I am. I need somebody that'll get out of the boat while the winds and the waves are raging. I don't need to calm the storm for you to get out of the boat. I've come to preach to you here tonight and I'm telling you, you're looking at what God has done for somebody else before to determine whether he can do it for you he doesn't ever have to have done it for anybody because he is the great originator God is about to do an original miracle in your life somebody ought to praise him right now Why do axeheads swim? Why does an axehead swim? I don't know. There's no reason for an axehead to swim. But God is about to do something in some of your lives that's not gonna make sense. Why did you do this, God? You quit worrying about the why and just give me glory for it. You may not have even asked for it, but God's gonna do it anyway because he's the great divider of the light and the dark. He's the creator of the sun, moon, and stars. He is the creator of all things. He's the great originator. I'm preaching, I'm preaching to a generation of people in this place that God is about to do something unprecedented for oh hallelujah why you want to buy River Falls Mall because he said it and when he does it it's going to be unprecedented why should I believe for God to devil the church? Come on, Hope. Come on, Elsie. Believe bigger because he's the great originator. Yeah. 
Yeah. Why can't you be the first millionaire around here? Why can't you have a ministry that flips the world on its ear? Why can't you be the next Elijah? Why can't God do something in your life he's never done before? When looking for a previous example, he's God and he's the creator. I wish I had somebody that believed me right now. Oh, I wish I had somebody that believed me right now. Woo! Yeah. Listen while you praise him. The antonyms for unprecedented are as follows. Common. Is that the kind of church you want? Just a common church? Familiar. You just want a familiar church where you come in and you, well, we've felt this before. Well, we've been here before. We've had this kind of revival before. No, that's not the kind of church I want. Another antonym, normal. Is that what you want to be as normal? Is that what you want to do? Is wait for, to see if God has done it for somebody else to decide whether he's going to do it for you. Stop feeling guilty about the bigness of your faith. Stop feeling guilty about what God has put on your heart. Another antonym is ordinary. I'm not going to be ordinary. I'm not going to be regular. I'm not going to be usual. I'm not going to be unexceptional. I'm not going to be unremarkable. I'm not going to be conventional. And I'm not going to be traditional. I am going to let God do a new thing in my life. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We're about to see a revival like we've never seen before. We're about to see God's power like we've never seen it before. Well, go ahead and shout right now. Go ahead and shout right now. Oh, come on, Peter, it's time to get out of the boat. Come on, Elijah. It's time to part the waters of the Jordan. Come on, Moses. It's time to get water out of the rock. You're not waiting on anything. You're not waiting on anything. God's going to heal your body. God's going to bless you in an unprecedented way. God is gonna anoint you with an unprecedented anointing. You're gonna have an unprecedented ministry. My God, I wish I had somebody that believed when I'm preaching here tonight. It's not gonna ever, it's not have been ever seen before in the history of your life. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, greater faith. Whoa, come on, my God, revival's happening around here. My God, revival's happening around here. Whoa. You can't put a number on what God's fixing to do. You can't measure what God's fixing to do. You're not going to be able to flip book, uh, flip back uh, in the history book uh, and say, I see where he did it before. God's going to say, I've never done this before. These are the last days. I'm going to use you like I've never used you before. Oh, yeah. Come on, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Take that devil. Take that devil. 
if you think you have a strategy to stop what God's going to do, you don't because you haven't seen it yet. Now you ready? You ready? If you want God to do something he's never done, you got to quit doing what you've always done and do something you've never done. If you want God to show his power in a new way, you got to give him a new praise and you got to act in a way that you've never acted toward him before. Yeah. I got one right there. I got one right there. In the name of the Lord, I got another one right there. Ah, I'm not going to praise him like I've been praising him. I'm not going to give like I've been given. Oh, somebody, come on. Somebody ought to get rid of your pride right now. Somebody ought to get rid of your pride. Sheila Catalabosea. My God, have mercy. Woo! Come on. The axe head is about to swim. Catalabosea. Come on, Gideon. Come on, widow woman. I know it feels like, my God, I know it feels like you're down to nothing. But if you'll pour it out, God's going to fill it up. Come on, Jake. Come on, Jake. God's been working on you the last year and you've responded. You ought to expect something from the Lord you've never seen before. My God, I wish I could get somebody to believe for a miracle. He's the great originator. Where you at, prayer warrior? Where you at, intercessor? You're about to pray a prayer you've never prayed before. You're about to shake this earth from center to circumference with your prayer. You're about to go somewhere in the spirit you've never gone before. You gotta quit doing what you've always done. Some of you are going to get it. Some of you are going to get it. And when it finally hits you, you better give them some room. Somebody's about to come unhinged in this place. My God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling the generation that was here when God brought our family here, And I'm telling you, we're about to see it like we've never seen it before. Come on, young lady. Come on, Olivia. Come on. Whoa, in the name of the Lord, if you don't understand that something has shifted, something is changing, it's not just the decibel level. It ain't just the volume. It's the intensity and the authority of the Spirit.
If you're not praying for yourself, I want you to just walk and pray. I want you to declare in the spirit right now. I want you to speak those things that are not as though they were. In the name of the Lord. Come on. We're not dismayed and we're not frustrated by the condition of this world. We're the church. The world is about to see a side of the church that they've never witnessed before. Oh, hallelujah. We're not weak. We haven't lost our way. We will not come down. My God, my God, it's only 7.30. You got time to have a move of God. feel it right now something's churning it's about to break all over again some of you trying to find out you're trying to figure out where do we go from here we're in uncharted waters yeah oh we're walking in victory we're walking in faith and power. Jesus have mercy. Oh yeah, you better go ahead. I know it ain't hitting everybody at one time, but when the Holy Ghost hits you, you ought to respond. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus. If you're sick in this place, I command you to be healed. If you've got a disease in your body, I command that disease to come out of your body. I command you to be healed in the name of Jesus. Come on, God's about to take some of your marriages to a place of unity and love and faith and power that it's never gone to before. The Lord's going to heal brokenness and wounded spirits. In the name of the Lord, He's going to begin to move in houses, not just in the house of the Lord. God's going to turn your house into a revival mecca. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Oh, they went from house to house. It's time to quit being normal. It's time to quit being traditional. Quit being common. Quit being like everybody else. I'm believing for a multicultural revival. I'm believing for a revival that brings every culture and every race under heaven into our campuses. Oh, hallelujah. Multidimensional, multicultural, multi-economic, multi-age. Jesus' name. God's raising you up.
Quench not the Spirit of God. Don't shut it off. Let that well of living water on the inside of you spring up. I'm not going to be half in and half out. I'm not going to pray dead prayers. I'm not going to be a traditional saint. If you're deep in prayer, that's fine. But everybody else, I want you to reach over, put a hand on the shoulder next to you. And I want you to pray, God, I want you to do something unprecedented in their life. Something that will make people shake their heads and say, how in the world did God do this? Come on, pray it like it's you. Woo, I feel that right there. I feel that right there. Let it be so. Woo! Glory! My God! Woo! Yeah, pray it, pray it, pray it. You've got power. Come on, there's a Noah in this building. There's an Abraham in this building. There's an Esther in this building. There's a Ruth in this building. There's an Anna in this building. There's an Elijah in this building. There's a John the Baptist in this building. What you don't know is that right now God's given angels charge over you to destroy every enemy you have, to bring to nothing everything that opposes you. You don't have to beg for it. Whoa. Sandalabohosata. I know some of you are ready to turn this off because you're not used to things breaking your tradition. But we've been praying for an apostolic revival. You can't act like it's not here when it shows up. Messiah. Go ahead, Stephanie. The Lord didn't bring you here to be common, to be average, to be normal. Hallelujah. There's a reason why that hunger was in you because he's about to do something unprecedented in your life. The devil's tried to throw you a curve for years, but the Lord, whoa, the Lord is about to do it. I'm thankful for all the ladies having a move of God. Where are you men at? Hallelujah. 
Come on, Samson. Jephthah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Go ahead, Chelsea. Come on, Chelsea. It's time for you to get victory over every devil that's come against your mind and against your home in the name of the Lord. God doesn't have to give you a warning that it's about to happen. It'll show up in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. You'll you'll lay your head down and when you get back up, you'll realize you got victory over every bit of opposition. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Oh, victory is mine. Well, hallelujah. If you can't get excited about your own breakthrough, then get excited about somebody else's breakthrough. Jesus Jesus Oh Jesus we've got to have you 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 Lord We've got to have you, Lord. People have been praying too long to not see it come to pass. I should have done this already, but I'm releasing you ushers from your duties. I'm releasing you media people from your duties. You can leave the cameras rolling. It don't matter. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come out of that booth. Come down here where the fire's hot. Oh, Rabbi Kandalabusia. Jesus. God, here comes again.
If you're waiting on this to stop, you're welcome to be adjourned. Don't you pattern your ministry after somebody else's ministry. God's a great originator. Well, hallelujah, don't you pattern your worship after somebody else's worship. Sunday.